yeah, we can we can hear you, but I'm gonna talk anyway because your 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 video feed went went radio silent on us here. So, yeah. Are your daily dose of quickie and handicapping and sports betting picks powered by BetSperts? I can't believe I just did that in piecemeal like that. Anyway, how's it going, Andy? It's nice to, to I mean, I could see you. It's, maybe it's nice to see me. I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're back. You, your audio, your, your feed is in. Not sure what happened there. Classic Monday hijinks. Um, Piece of the Mondays. Couple of, uh, here, we, here we lead into a Monday again where it's like, hey, we had a bad Sunday night game. Are we going to have a good Monday night game? The answer last week was no. It was a clear and very, very clear no. This week, you know, it's two teams that are fighting for maybe even AFC supremacy, but we are having a weather game. So I'm pretty excited for weather game, though. The last true weather game, I think, and this one, this one actually had snow. We had the, but the Bills and the Colts a couple years ago where it snowed like a foot before the game and it was snowing during and they couldn't clean it up and it was a mess. I enjoy those tonight. Probably not much snow on the field, probably just heavy, heavy, heavy wins. But either way, the total is 41 in a game that doesn't involve like the bears or the jets. So take that with a grain of salt before you get too crazy with tonight's bets. Yeah. I like a snow game. We had one. I can't remember how long ago this was in Philadelphia. It was against the lions. And I remember it specifically because I was driving on that afternoon and got stuck on the turnpike behind a big accident as a result of the snowstorm and watched most of the game in um, the TV in the back of someone's pickup truck on the highway. Yeah. Oh, Patrick has a good prop. I'm not sure if they'll hang this over under how many times they'll show the flags at the top of the stadium. <laughs> that is, that's like such an easy shot. The producer is just like, give me the flags again. Show me the flags. Show me the flags at the top of the goalposts too. I want those in rapid succession back to camera three. Oh, for sure. We'll see that. But uh, yeah. And if your week is dependent on tonight, good luck and God bless. Cause this is a tough one. We will get to tonight's game. We'll close with that, but we're going to start with some basketball head into to tennis and then get into first touchdown scores, prop bets, prize picks and all that. So NBA, take it away. Alex, what do you say? It's going to be a big over day, Andy. We'll see how. But we'll start with my Philadelphia 76ers here. I'm generally reticent and hesitant to back the 76ers, but they're only laying seven points here against what's left of a Charlotte's Hornet team that has just been the first team this year kind of ravaged um, by COVID issues, if you will. About half the team is sick in some capacity. Most of the good players are um, sick. They were able to still win their game last night, and I think as a result is – you know, just getting a little bit too much momentum here. It's very surprising. I have this number out closer to nine, almost 10 points as I start to adjust some stuff. And again, it's hard to figure out what this is going to look like, but we've got a game here. Uh, the few players that are left should be pretty exhausted from having played the last couple nights. So happy to lay seven here with my Sixers. And then as I mentioned, we've got a couple totals. Unfortunately, I think these have been bet up just a little bit. Um, hopefully they'll dip down. You can grab these numbers here. But Nuggets Bulls, we'll start with this. 216 um, is kind of where I draw the line there. I grabbed a 214 earlier this morning. So if you follow me on BetsBirds at Alex Christensen with no space, you can get all this stuff a little bit earlier. But just a really nice spot here. In general, um, overs have done very well the last week or so. We've finally seen the closing totals get below kind of the average actual total. It's uh, one of the things I like to look at. What's the average total? What's the average closing total? Sure, and we've sure. finally seen those 
those two cross and overs have been doing very well the numbers are still a little bit depressed again as i look at this total the bulls are going to be without alex caruso which is kind of a tough player to adjust for but he's an incredible defensive presence now the nuggets necessarily don't have the best guards in the world but just having him off the floor takes the bulls defense down a notch at least and it's going to be a tough matchup here with the nuggets um, Jokic should basically be able to do kind of whatever he wants tonight the pace for uh, these two teams has actually ticked up a little bit it looks like over the last week or so so happy to grab the over here again i'll draw the line there at 216 poke around i'm seeing some 217s there might still be a 216 even 216 and a half is probably okay and then Blazers, Clippers, this one looks like it's still around. Some 215 and a half popping, but 215 and over here. Yes, there is no Dame Lillard tonight, but the Blazers have been fine putting up points, honestly, without him. He's really struggled this season, and I think in a lot of ways it kind of simplifies things. They're not forcing players, to, uh, forcing shots, excuse me, to a player that's honestly not having a great season. The Clippers are a little bit more of a defensive team, but are happy, I, I think, to kind of push the pace a little bit in some of these games. And I see them putting up a pretty big number here. I have this close to 220 myself, so 215 is good, even 216. But over 216, we'll draw the line there on both of those. I think you should be able to get that. And Sixers minus seven in the association, Andy. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sixers. Sixers. Ten, nine, eight. Seven. Ten, nine, eight. I don't really know that song. I know the oh, of one, two, three, I got four, you five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten. That's a Sesame Street thing, I think, though. I use that. Yeah, one. you know, you know your chat. You know your chance. Um, college hoops. It is. I was actually. I sometimes I look at these on Sunday night as I'm sitting there in the second half, and I'm like, will I have a bet? Because Mondays are always rough. It's not like the NBA where there's some days. Oh, you know, some weeks there's games on this day. Some weeks there aren't. Every Monday in college hoops, outside of like Feast Week, where they actually have a bunch of, you know, these tournaments all over the place, Mondays are rough. There are not a lot of games. I played 37 games over the weekend. I expect that kind of volume to continue. I'm not going to, I lowered my expectations. I'm not my expectations. I lowered my bar as far as what to play because I think I left a lot of winners off the card and I'd rather hit 55% for more money than 60% for less money. So I'm going to go high volume this year and I don't care. And that starts with today because there's only like eight games and I played three of them. And we'll start with Mercer Moneyline. This one might be on the move a little. I've seen this as high as 140. They are traveling. This isn't a huge travel spot up to South Carolina, but they're taking on the Chanticleers. And Mercer is, again, it's it's a travel spot. It is what it is. But they're a better, I, I think, I think they're a better offense. And, again, it's one of these cases where, you know, again, I'm going to go back to that joke you made about the 20-point dog when I said, I'm not sure what I can say nice about this team. And he said, you shouldn't have to. They're a 20-point dog. Again, Mercer is the underdog here. And, again, I don't think I have a lot to say nice on them. But it is a bit of a sell spot on Coastal because they're – their offense isn't very good. They have a pretty lowly ranked offense. Their effective field goal percentage is super low. They can't shoot the three. They can't make their three, thro- uh, excuse me, free throws. Basically, they're just a really good offensive rebounding team. And that, while it's semi-sticky, it's not something that's going to bail you out week in and week out, especially in a spot here where you're playing basically a team that's about as talented you as you that shoots a little better. So Mercer straight up. If you're scared, go to church or just take the points. You can get a couple points on this as well. I'm just going to take this one straight up. 
Houston, Alcorn State, over 131 and a half. I get to 131. I think this might be ticking up a little. Uh, Houston is the best defense in the country. That's why this total is low. Houston is scoring quite a few points, especially against lower lower ranked teams like this. Alcorn State will be the worst team they've played. No, I take that back. They played Northwestern State, a Louisiana squad. They dropped 99 on them, but they can go out there against one of these bad teams and put up 80, 90. They scored 111 against Bryant last week. And or actually this was yeah on Friday. They can absolutely go out there and take care of like 80% of this total myself. And yes, their defense is super good, but Man, I just I have Alcorn getting 50, 55 points in this one. And again, Alcorn's horrible. This is a horrible, horrible team with a bad offense, but they shoot their free throws well. They get nice, they're they're decent on the offensive board, and they're gonna lose by 30 points. But I fully expect this one to end up closer to 140. And finally, my last one. I will pause is... you for a second. Did you say Northwest State was in Louisiana? Northwestern State. Northwestern State. I'm 90% sure that's true. I'm going to click on them. I believe you. I just am. Yeah, not your toaches. Not the, not the best directional position for a school in Louisiana. Northwestern State. Yeah, they South, are a Southland yeah. anyway. Conference team from Louisiana. Um, last one is San Jose State. Bit of a late ad. And you know what? Going against Rass here. Because <laughs> I looked at my numbers last night. This was three, three and a half. And it was close. So I'm like, eh. I could take it or leave it. And then somebody else, a big group, played the other side of this today and pushed it out to five. I'm more than happy to take some free points on this one and get the plus five here with San Diego, or excuse me, San Diego, San Jose State taking on Pepper Dine up in Malibu, which is a beautiful city. But uh, San Jose State is one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. They're Decent just in general as far as effective field goal percentage, despite their offense not looking all that good from a 10,000-foot point of view. But they played a couple of tough teams in Texas and Stanford. They took care of business versus the Dakota teams. And I have this a lot closer to a pick. I don't know. Pepperdine, they've had a tough-ish schedule. But again, they're just not winning. They're not closing games against teams that they should be a little closer with here at all. And, you know, it was a decent game against Grand Canyon. But outside of that, I'm, I'm not I'm not super in love with this Pepperdine offense right now. So I will take the points. Hopefully my, oh, God, Trojans, Spartans, Spartans can keep it closer. There was a question. I'm curious, Andy. I know you said you're still kind of betting half units on these so far, but are you going to, you know, you just mentioned you plan on playing a lot more volume. Are you going to take this up to kind of a full unit? Or are you putting out 30% of your bankroll on a Saturday kind of thing at this point? Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a tough thing for me. So uh, compared to NFL, it's still uh, a unit in basketball is going to be smaller than an NFL bet. Mostly just because you can't, especially if I start betting overnights, you can't get that much down. You bet an overnight total, good luck finding many places to get much action down on that. Especially if overnight total in like an extra game, those might not even, you know, those aren't even up most places. So this is, uh, yeah, this is a small, these are smaller plays. I'm putting it up on Metsperts as half of what I'm betting on football. It's probably pretty close for, in, in a generality. So yeah, still smaller still smaller units and I'm, I'm enjoying betting some of these totals. There's nothing like sweating a total last night. I had like 15 points to give with a minute to go. <laughs> that was fun on an under, but they were tied. 
and that was just stressing over time. I got to the seesaw overtime. light, which is important. That was key. I felt better when you got like You got to get to yeah, the one point. The one point difference. You get the seesaw. I love that. So, all right. Speaking of horrible, low grade <laughs> sports. Jesus. Well, I mean, Come on now. I, this is a this is above a lot. All right, that's it's true. It's double A. It's, it's a triple challenger. A baseball. I it is you. a challenger. Yeah, tennis is back. It's, um, you know, tennis is pretty much all the time. It takes little breaks here and there. We've got a smaller tournament this week. Again, I've talked about this before. Depending on what book and how it's labeled, it's a 125K or Challenger tournament. But it's in Angers. We're in France. They're indoors. And again, not the best field in the world, but some pretty solid names here and some interesting action. They've actually started playing already earlier. Um, Two names for us. Both of these matches will be tomorrow morning. Again, can't tell you when, but as early as 4 a.m. Eastern, it looks like. Um, we'll start with Chloe Piquet here. Um, you know, a young French woman. She's been playing very well the last couple weeks. Goes up against um, Greet Menon. Greet Menon, someone who hasn't played tennis, honestly, in about three weeks, has been a little while since she's played indoors. We know that she's dealing with some personal stuff and kind of changes in her relationship. Not that I've had any cap that in, but I, I went back through and looked. It didn't she look got necessarily. Dumped. Like she's been playing a ton of tennis the last three weeks, um, you know, kind of practice wise. But again, Piquet playing in France, this is a really nice spot for her. She plays much better indoors than it seems the market seems to react. I have this, you know, I have Minin as a favorite here, but a very short favorite. Um, I could make a case for Paquet here as low as like plus 115, plus 120. So plus 150 looks good. We'll play this down to like plus 135 or so. Again, plus 150 should be pretty easy for you to find. Nina Stojanovic. Now, this one's a little bit tougher. This is a match uh, two women that really haven't played much tennis at all. It's been about a month or so since we've seen Stojanovic and probably about two months since we've seen Kristina Mladenovic play. But I really struggle at why Stojanovic is an underdog here. This would honestly be a a pretty big play for me if Stojanovic had been playing at all the last couple weeks. You know, tough for me to back somebody that I haven't seen that doesn't necessarily have some form, but... Mladenovic, the much worse player all year, the much worse player the last couple months. Yes, it's in France, her home country. Yes, it's indoors where Mladenovic is a little bit better, but I don't see necessarily a big French crowd showing up to support Kiki Mladenovic here and that really making a difference. And either way, Stojanovic is just the better player. I just, this this number really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I would have this Stojanovic like minus 150, something like that. So Stojanovic plus anything sounds great to me. And, you know, again, don't go too crazy. Neither one of us played tennis in like a month, so... Anything is possible, but have to grab the plus money there. Anything is possible. And then real quick, <laughs> um, from the editorial department in the chat, someone who's probably from the area says it's pronounced Nakadish. I tried to give it the Nagadoches treatment, which is a city in Texas, the home of Stephen F. Austin, the million-dollar man. But Wachita? Uh, I don't want to try to pronounce names. We'll go to – we'll talk NFL instead. It's I'm in so Louisiana. Bad. Who cares? Louisiana, I'm, I'm I'm I might start doing a southern accent like I'm uh, happy to take like an anti Louisiana position based on the one person I know from Louisiana. Waita, the Buffalo oh, Bills went to Arizona. The Buffalo Bills are a short favorite. This feels like uh, this graphic feels goofy. The Buffalo Buffalo is a minus one, <laughs> and New England is a three point dog. I would not want to be betting into that market. We'll uh we'll just skip on to first touchdown scores. I think you know what the you know what the the spread is here. I am I am wanting to watch that. I mentioned it last night on the deep dive. We're gonna see if we get some New England public money coming in today. The total 
I don't see people wanting to get involved in the, unless they just are completely blind to what's happening with this weather. I don't, I'm not sure this total goes up. I could see it going down. There is some 40 and a halfs poking out in the market now. So even more under money pouring in and yeah, two and a half minus three, the market is pretty firm on this, keeping the bills close to a field goal favorite. I'm expecting some Patriots public money to come in this afternoon. But so I guess if, if you like the Patriots, maybe take them now. I, w- I wouldn't see bills money continuing to pour in just it's a road game, but man, the, the Patriots can run the ball and they have a good defense that works with weather. So despite the weather, I hope somebody scores a touchdown and I hope it's one of these guys. I was going to ask you though, real quick. I mean, do, do you think this is kind of a buy low spot on Buffalo? I mean, the way new England's been playing, everyone's been back and them cashing new England tickets for a couple of weeks. Buffalo has been struggling. Is this kind of like the buy low point? Did we miss the buy low point on Buffalo? Maybe last week. It's just that, that was my only thought. Yeah. I, I liked Buffalo a little bit. I, I, I don't, I don't fully understand what's going on with them. And some of these teams just go in and can't deal with this defense the way it's playing right now, despite being yeah. at home. So I'm, I'm out on betting this game outside of some props. Speaking of props. Speaking of props. And a good defense here. I mean, I'll start. And if you take a look at the list here, folks, I think you're going to see kind of where we're going. The general themes we have when we talk about these. No surprises here. No wide receivers. I mean, Stefan Diggs is the target in Buffalo. At 8-1, to one, I'm seeing him. If you could find like a 10-1, to one, which I didn't seem to find, maybe try to do something funny with that. But the defense, like you said, for New England is so good. Um, top five receivers have struggled against them all year. So I got to back that off. You then look, you're kind of next in line. You've got the New England running backs, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. They're both at nine to one. But given kind of the true split they've had the last couple of weeks, I have no interest in betting them, even if they were as, you know, I'd need like 15, almost 20 to one, given the running back split there. You've got the Buffalo running backs, Devin Singletary, Matt Freda, again, kind of the same problem. They're going to split carries, but they're both still nine, 10 to one. So, you know, and sorry, then the wide receivers are the Patriots. You look at them, they basically have been splitting up targets. There was one wide receiver, our buddy Will Brinson mentioned, Nason, um, Nelson Aguilar. Um, like him, take a look around, see whatever you can find. Him, he didn't make the official cut for me because as I look at this, it seems like a perfect night for what I like to do, Andy. Quarterbacks and tight ends. Um, Josh Allen here is... You know, now that Zach Moss really isn't involved, he is the lead runner inside the red zone in the 20, in the 10. He has the most rushing attempts and the greatest share of the pie at 12 to 1. You know, normally he's in the single digits. I think this kind of speaks to what I was asking you about, how kind of goofy the market's gotten on Buffalo here. So happy to grab him at 12 to 1. The other quarterback you can see down there at the bottom of the list, Mac Jones, honestly, doesn't run the ball very much. But at 66, there's some 40s, some 50s out there. Buffalo gives up rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. It's happened a handful of times at 40, 50, 60 to one. Great. Give me some Mac Jones here. Um, Six foot three, reach right over that line. They get a down at the one. It might not be any of the running backs. It's just too big of a number given what we've seen historically from Belichick looking at the matchup. And we've got all the tight ends there in the middle. Dawson Knox has been great. Um, 15 to one is probably the best number that's out there. 12 to one or better is fine there. 
again, he is, after Diggs, the best target share guy. And although the Patriots are generally pretty good against tight ends, I think there's a lot of other stuff they're going to be worrying about besides Dawson Knox there. So he could sneak in there. Cole Beasley was close, but just didn't like his number. And then you look for the tight ends of the Patriots here. Hunter Henry and John O. Smith have just been soaking up all the targets in the red zone. They are one and two in terms of red zone targets for the Patriots. Not any of the wide receivers have snuck up there at all. And even though Henry's been getting more work lately, John O. Smith is still getting a handful of targets. I think there were the same targets last week, or you know maybe Henry was just one more. And that's for the last couple of weeks we've seen that. When they get to the red zone, that's where Mac Jones looks. So quarterbacks and tight ends for us tonight. Let's see if we can do it again. I'm down. I'd like to keep catching these. It's fun watching home. I, I'm, I don't consider myself like a fatalist or a negative person. It just <laughs> when I watched that play where Mahomes scored on, I just didn't think he had the angle. I didn't. I thought the defenders had an it, angle on him. I'm like, it didn't oh, look like going. there was enough space. I was shocked. No, it, yeah, it looked. I thought like it was going to be one of those things where two. they, they call yeah. the touchdown, they go to the review, and it was like, well, he was at the one because his foot was out. Yeah, you and can see the foot where the ball was. Because Ceh goes out. flopping over the top or something. Well, yeah, no, I, I fully expected him to be out and then watch <laughs> a running back. So that was a nice little bonus yesterday. Um, tonight, I will be doing a prize picks entry where I just mash all the running backs into it and do a flex. If anyone is unfamiliar with the way prize picks works there's two ways you can bet it basically betting all three to win would be if you take three props and you say they all have to hit that pays five to one but if you don't hit all three it pays nothing you lose you lost your stake you didn't win i played a flex entry with this based on what i did it pays a little differently it only pays like two and a half two and a quarter to one but you can get one wrong and still win money so I only need to hit two out of three of these and I can still get like 1.25 back of my stake. And I ended up sticking Harris, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, and Ramondre Stevenson, all three of them to score over eight fantasy points. The way they score over prize picks is full PPR. So any catches are worth one full point. They all get targets. They all get usage. The split between Harris and Stevenson has been pretty 50-50 ish although there are other backs that make appearances in that backfield they both get catches they both get yards they both get red zone looks and then singletary I expect to play well so if if there is anything you know that the patriots do well it's taking away somebody like stefan diggs so maybe like i'm i'm half tempted by knox and beasley props as well but i think singletary will get a nice uh a nice load of the carries a nice uh look at at uh, getting enough carries and enough catches to all get over eight points. And like I said, if two out of three of these hit, I still will win some money. And if you want to, you can use promo code BBB and get an instant deposit match up to $100 and enjoy some prop palooza action on tonight's Monday Night Football game. I'll see you at halftime with Drew. We'll be laughing with all our money that Alex gave us on first touchdown score again. And Let's do it. Yeah, we'll catch you here tomorrow, same time, same day. Not the same day, it's Tuesday. It'll be Tuesday tomorrow. Same Same time tomorrow. Otherwise, yeah, Deep Dive Boys will be doing halftime tonight. And yeah, enjoy it. Thanks for hopping in the chat. Hit the thumbs up. See you tomorrow.